Chapter eighteen of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee, Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, by Francois Rene de Chateaubriand. Chapter eighteen. Amboissier, July eighteen seventeen. Looked over in December eighteen forty six. Manner of life at Combourg days and evenings on my return from brest four masters my father my mother my sister and myself inhabited the chateau of combourg a cook a housemaid two footmen and a coachman formed the domestic establishment and a hound and two old mares were confined in a corner of the stable these twelve living beings were quite lost in a place where there was ample room for a hundred knights with their ladies squires and pages and the steeds and hunting packs of king dagobert during the whole of the year no stranger came to the chateau except two gentlemen the marquis of montluet and the count de goyon beaufort who requested our hospitality on their way to parliament they came in winter on horseback with pistols at their saddle-bows hangers by their sides and followed by a valet also on horseback and having behind him a large portmanteau my father who was always very ceremonious went bareheaded to receive them at the door in the midst of the wind and rain the guests recounted their adventures during the wars in hanover their family affairs and the history of their lawsuit at night they were conducted to the northern tower to the apartment of queen christina a room of state furnished with a bed seven feet every way with double curtains of green gauze and crimson silk and supported by four gilt cupids the next morning when i was going down to the parlour and looked through the windows at the country either flooded or covered with hoar-frost i could see only two or three travellers on the solitary road by the fish-pond they were our guests riding along towards rennes these strangers knew but little of the world but still our view was extended by their means a few leagues beyond the horizon of our own woods as soon as they were gone we were reduced on working days to a family tete-a-tete and on sundays to the society of the people of the village and a few neighbouring gentlemen on sunday when the weather was fine my mother lucile and i went to church across the little mall along a country road when it rained we went through the abominable street of combourg we did not go like the abbe de marol in a light chariot drawn by four white horses taken from the turks in hungary my father only went to church once a year at easter to receive the sacrament the rest of the time he attended mass in the chapel of the chateau seated in our pew we performed our devotions opposite to the black marble tomb of rene de Rouen, contiguous to the altar image of human honours a few grains of incense before a coffin the dissipations of the sunday concluded with the day they did not even return regularly during the severe weather entire months passed without any human creature knocking at the gate of our fortress if the solitude was oppressive on the heath around combourg it was still more so in the chateau one felt on passing under its arches the same sensation as on entering the chartreuse at grenoble when i visited the latter in eighteen o five i crossed a desert which seemed ever increasing i supposed it would terminate at the monastery but i was shown within the convent walls the gardens of the chartreuse still more desolate than the woods at last in the centre of the building i found enveloped in these solitudes the burying ground of the monks a sanctuary from whence eternal silence the divinity of the place extends his power over the mountains and forests round about the sombre quietude of the chateau of combourg was augmented by the taciturn and unsociable disposition of my father instead of collecting his family and people about him he had scattered them to the four winds throughout the building his bedroom was in the little tower at the east and his study in the little tower at the west the furniture of this study consisted of three chairs covered with black leather and a table covered with deeds and papers 
a genealogical tree of the chateaubriand family hung over the mantelpiece and in the recess of a window were to be seen all sorts of arms from a pistol to a blunderbuss my mother's apartment was immediately above the great dining-hall between the two little towers it was inlaid and adorned with venetian mirrors my sister had a little room opening into my mother's the housemaid's room was some distance off in the wing with the large towers as for me i had nestled myself in a kind of little isolated cell in a tower at the top of the staircase which led from the inner court to different parts of the chateau at the foot of this staircase my father's valet and the other manservant slept in a vaulted cellar and the cook kept guard in the great tower to the west my father rose at four o'clock in the morning winter and summer he went into the inner court to awake his valet at the foot of the tower staircase a cup of coffee was taken to him at five o'clock he then occupied himself in his study till noon my mother and sister both breakfasted in their own rooms at eight o'clock i had no fixed hour either for getting up or for breakfasting i was understood to be studying till noon but the greater part of the time i did nothing whatever at half-past eleven a bell was rung and dinner was served at twelve the great saloon was at once a dining-room and a drawing-room for we dined and supped at its eastern extremity and after meals we went to the western end and sat round an enormous fire this apartment was wainscotted painted in grey and adorned with old portraits from the reign of francis i to that of louis fourteen conspicuous amongst these portraits were those of conde and turenne and a painting representing hector killed by achilles under the walls of troy was hung over the fireplace dinner over we remained together till two o'clock then if it was summer my father amused himself in fishing visiting his kitchen garden and walking in the grounds of the chateau in autumn and winter he went out to hunt and my mother retired to the chapel where she spent some hours in prayer this chapel was a solemn oratory embellished by some good paintings of the great masters such pictures as one could scarcely expect to find in a feudal castle in the heart of bretagne i have at present in my possession a holy family by albano painted on copper which was taken from this chapel it is the only memorial i have of combourg my father being gone out my mother gone to prayers and lucile shut up in her chamber i either returned to my little cell or went out and ran about the fields at eight o'clock the bell rang for supper after that was over in fine weather we sat at the door my father armed with his gun shot the owls as they flew out from the battlements at nightfall my mother lucile and i gazed at the sky the woods the last rays of the sun and the first appearing stars at ten o'clock we re-entered the house and retired to rest the evenings in autumn and winter were quite different when supper was over and the party of four had removed from the table to the chimney my mother would throw herself with a sigh upon an old cotton-covered sofa and near her was placed a little stand with a light i sat down by the fire with lucile the servants removed the supper things and retired my father then began to walk up and down and never ceased until his bedtime he wore a kind of white woollen gown or rather cloak such as i have never seen with any one else his head partly bald was covered with a large white cap which stood bolt upright when in the course of his walk he got to a distance from the fire the vast apartment was so ill-lighted by a single candle that he could be no longer seen he could still be heard marching about in the dark however and presently returned slowly towards the light and emerged by degrees from obscurity looking like a spectre with his white robes and cap and his tall thin figure lucile and i used to venture upon the exchange of a few words in a low voice when he was at the other end of the room but was silent as soon as he again approached us he would say to us in passing of what were you speaking seized with terror we made no reply and he continued his walk during the remainder of the evening no sound struck the ear but the measured noise of his steps my mother's sighs and the moaning of the wind when the castle clock struck ten my father would stop 
the same spring which touched the hammer of the clock seemed to have arrested his steps he would draw out his watch wind it up take a great silver candlestick surmounted by a long candle go for a few moments into the little tower to the west then return candle in hand and advance towards his sleeping-room in the little tower at the east lucile and i placed ourselves in his way embraced him and wished him good-night he bent down to us his withered and hollowed cheek without giving us any reply continued his course and retired into his tower the doors of which we could hear shut upon him the charm was broken my mother my sister and i who had been transformed into statues by my father's presence now recovered the functions of life the first effect of our disenchantment was manifested by an inundation of words if silence had oppressed us we paid it in full when this torrent of words had flowed by i summoned the maid and accompanied my mother and sister to their apartment before i came away i was obliged to look under all the beds up the chimneys behind the doors and to examine the staircases passages and galleries in the vicinity the various traditions of the chateau about thieves and spectres were recalled to memory the belief was pretty general that a certain count de combourg with a wooden leg who had died about three centuries before stated times and had been met on the great staircase of the tower his wooden leg walked about also sometimes in company with a black cat End of chapter eighteen